Head over to the new championshipwrestlingmemphis.com where you can find brand new superstar t-shirts. Custom matches are on sale now from our women's division. And of course, we are now enrolling for our brand new training center. Get all the rates and info on how you can become a pro wrestler or sports entertainer at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com slash training. episode is brought to you by Spunk Lube. Spunk Lube is the perfect blend of water and silicone. It is an all-purpose personal lubricant that can be used for any occasion. You will love the natural feeling and look of it. It is safe for sensitive skin. Go to spunklube.com and tell them shooting the shiznit sent you. You better tell someone. Tell someone about stspod.club. Tell them now. Call them. Text them. Tell them. Telegram. Send them video messages. Whatever. Tell them. Right Notes, the first book by Twitter influencer Lance Levine. It's a wild ride down a path of musical adventure that recaps many random run-ins with rock royalty, such as U2, Slash, The Ramones, The Goo Goo Dolls, and many more. And all the crazy occurrences that have happened to him that trace back to music. All the Right Notes is 209 pages sure to bring a smile to your face and to remind you how much music has probably touched your life as well. All the right notes available now on Amazon in paperback for $14.99 and on Kindle for all you tech warriors for $9.99. Also at local Chicago bookstores, as well as Rolling Stone Records on Harlem and Irving. If you can't find it, ask for it by name. All the right notes by Lance Levine. And I have been told I could not put it down. I read it all in one day. So order it now and see what all the fuss is about. Dexter, Missouri, get ready. American Hostile Championship Wrestling is coming to your town May 22nd at the Lair Event Center at 13583 Old Highway 25. Be there to see Big Jack Parker, Trending Trent Daniels, The Crowleys, Young Goats, The Skimmelhorns, Mark Southern, Derek King, and many, many more. Adult tickets are only $15. Kids 6 to 12 get in for $7 and 5 and under are free. American Hostile Championship Wrestling, May 22nd, the Lair Event Center, 13583 Old Highway 25, Dexter, Missouri. Missouri, be there! Celebrating our fourth annual all episodes Memphis in May. 
Join us all month for episodes featuring stars from Championship Wrestling from Memphis and the Memphis area. We have a huge giveaway, including a video message from Dustin Five Star. That's right. It also includes a Rolling Into Mempo logo shirt, original art of Memphis legends, and much more. You have to subscribe to our Patreon site by the end of the month, and you'll be eligible to win. Remember, it is all episodes Memphis in May. Now on with the show. from STS Studios in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Was it really that good? And I have my co-host, Gene, I got to tell you this real quick. It's been six months. Well, it's been since January, not completely six months, but almost six months. I guess we'll make this every six months. How's that going to (laughs) be? Yeah, I hear you. Um, It it does feel like it's been a while. I didn't realize until you just said that it has almost been six months. That's crazy. It's in January sometime, and I think what happens is you get busy, I get busy. We got so much going on doing the Rolling Into Mempo. And, you know, this month, all episodes, Memphis in May. I want to say thank you because last May was a record for Memphis, and I have to put that pause in there, in May, so I won't be sued for the Memphis in May thing. so uh, we had a record last May, but we broke last May's record around the 10th. So we're busy, wow. man. We're busy. We still have this. This will be Aaron. We have Mark Southern coming back on, talking some stuff. We have Dustin Starr coming on the 22nd to join us for Rolling Into Mempo because they have a new studio, and I'm excited about it. Also, the Posse. And we have Dustin setting in for conversations for about 20 minutes just to talk about what he thinks are the hits and misses and such like we do on the review show. Before we came on, me and you was talking about your show and talking about get, getting involved in doing Rolling Into Mempo every week. Um, one of those things that I just figured would be limited, but we're having a real good time, so we're going to go with it. But I want you to tell everyone how to listen, watch, you know, whatever, uh, your podcast now. So yeah, every every Sunday night live at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, Cheap Eat TV live with my co-hosts, uh, both Charles Anders and Shane Mako. Uh, we have a guest on with us every Sunday night. And uh, really to, to track everything, you can go to CheapEatTVLive.com. We have all the past video versions and audio versions, all the different things that you can do with the show, merch, all that good stuff, videos of the guests, mashes from them, promos from them. Uh, But to watch it live each week, uh, you can go to youtube.com slash Cheap Heat TV or right here on Facebook uh, at the Cheap Heat TV Live uh, Facebook page or my page. Uh, Facebook.com slash Gene Jackson 95 or you, you maybe got speaking two. wrestling media. I don't know. You got two hosts now, two co-hosts now. You yes. had this, you had this real handsome kid. Now, you know, I had a crush on him. So now what's his Well, name? I mean, uh, uh, Charles Anders. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, me and Anders <laughs> have been buddies for a long time. And, uh, 
people people say we have pretty good uh, chemistry on screen. There was a review show. Uh, Stephen Platinum uh, was talking about our show the other day and was saying that he enjoyed the chemistry of not only me and Xanders, but the Mako, Mako in the mix as well. And uh, some people find uh, Mako to be a handsome man, so we might have to have you on again. You may, oh, uh, wow. yeah. you may take a shine to him as well. But uh, and those guys are going to be coming with me over to Amory, Mississippi, on June the fifth when I defend my OWO championship, which I will have held for five hundred and twenty-six days. Good God! Uh, I thought I'd throw that in there right now. Uh, Terrell Moore, the promoter, uh, will not tell me if I'll either be challenged by Bad Attitude Tony Dabs. Brett Michaels or Carlito, one of those three people are going to be challenging for my championship that I've held for over 500 days, but I'm bringing Charles Anders and Shane Mako with me to watch my back, and we're leaving there with that title, I promise. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't, 500 something days, it's just hilarious. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. Gene. People keep, people keep leaving my these bad. laughing emojis. It's not my fault Terrell didn't run a show for a year and a half. That's, that's, that's on him. <laughs> I would have been, uh, I would have I would have defended it multiple times. I just didn't get the opportunity, but that's not my fault. It's all his fault, not yours. All right, we're going. Was it really that good? We're doing a little something different. It is from Memphis, Tennessee. It is 1999. It's uh, February the 14th, and it's live in the pyramid with the crowd chanting "Jerry, Jerry, Jerry," and crowd super fucking hot. Oh man. Awesome. Yes. awesome. Uh, I just, uh, to the I, point it almost sounded unnatural. Like it almost sounded fake at times, but I know it was real. Cause I know people who were there. Uh, but man, yeah, you, you just, you, I ain't heard that in a while. So it was very cool watching that last here's night. Here's what I, after watching the whole thing and, and, and then really realizing, and you'll know what I'm saying or how, what part of I'm, I'm thinking here is that everybody was over. Not not just the main guys, but everybody on this show came off as as superstars. Even in the worst match, and we'll we'll talk about it. Midian, he was part of the deal with Undertaker, so he yeah. still came off as a superstar. Let's get into the card real quick. Go Dust beat uh, Blue Dust, uh, and we got to see Meanie's ass. So I just want everyone to know that. Go back got to had to uh, oh. did is the bottom line. And that would, you know, that just really wasn't a good match. But as the crowd was big time into it. Everybody was always into Goldust, and I was just surprised at the stuff that they were doing with uh, with Meanie. And the crowd was into Meanie. Was this after or before he got his ass whipped? By I guess oh, this would have been way before. Way You're before, before the JBL yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This oh yeah, way that was like oh yeah. six or something. But, yeah. Yeah, not much in that match. Yeah, that um, was a very unfortunate wardrobe choice by Meany for Blue Dust there. But the fact that Meany could pull off that moonsault, just every time I see it, I'm always amazed. I'd like to see. Well, he, you know, I've seen him at, um, we seen him at StarCast. And the thing that that surprised me about Meany, because it was the first time that I've I seen him live before when he worked MCW. But it didn't. I, I stood side by side. That is a big man. Yeah. I just I I thought he was you know a lot smaller than he is. So it really gives you a perspective of how big uh, Goldust is actually because Goldust looks like he's tiring over him. All right, the next match is, and I'm gonna see if you can remember what the hell's going on here. So do you remember why Road Dog's gone? Because we had Bob Holly, who's all fucking jacked up. 
uh, against Al Snow, and uh, we had uh, uh, they wrestled and fought. In this was a street fight or a hardcore match for the hardcore yeah. title, and they fought into the Mississippi River. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, these hardcore matches were, were real big at the time, and, you know, Al Snow had, had really gotten over doing them, and, uh, of course, Bob Holly would go on to get over as hardcore Holly. Uh, this is kind of where that kicked off, honestly, this match uh, right here that ended up in the Mississippi River. I thought it was good for what it was. I thought it was awfully long for what it was. Uh, I think it could have been quite a bit shorter, but... Interesting finish, wrapping him up uh, in the fencing outside. And, and I loved pinning, it. I loved it. It was him, a fun match. Yeah, it was yeah. a fun match. But I was just like, geez, like I don't know. I, it just it felt long, but it was it was it it was good for what it was. And like I say, it was kind of the birth of hardcore Holly. Was this one of Road Dog's little suspensions or something? Because you know he was supposed to work. So I don't. Best my, yeah, best of my recollection. Yeah, that, I think that that's seems to be yeah. what it was. Unfortunately, he had to go home for a little bit. Uh, Road Dog had some problems. So uh, then the next match was probably one. Of, it was the I said the worst match. Nothing really wrong. It was just two big guys fighting. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. much all it was. Uh, Midian against Big Boss Man. I got a question for you. Did Boss Man have a Confederate flag tattoo on his arm? Did you notice that? Yes. Uh, and it's funny you ask that because I just got through watching uh, a few episodes of Monday Nitro from, from 96 leading up to uh, Great American Bash 96. And he wore cut off sleeves as Big Bubba. And it was very obvious. It's like a big Confederate flag with like his face over it. So, yes. Uh, oh, that was, I saw that and I was like, uh, which, you know, uh, I mean, 1996, Man. 1999, big boss man's from Georgia. You know, it's, oh, it's, wait, wait, uh, wait, Gene. Okay. Me and, I mean, you both, me and you both Southern boys. Okay. Let's be honest about this. 2000, I'm just saying, 2021. Nobody. They nobody was got, shitting. Nobody was shitting bricks about it in '96 no, no, or '99. No, 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 but now TV. I'm surprised yeah, yeah. they don't take it off the network. Oh, uh, I'm surprised you don't get a yeah. But I mean, really, I mean, you're in Alabama and I'm in Arkansas, and we still see guys with uh, Confederate flags flag, flying in front of their trailer or yeah. tattoo on their arm. I mean, it's just it's people think we're crazy, but it's the truth. You still see that shit. Um, I marked out when Taker's music started. I always liked all these guys together. Uh, I know it's a little cheesy, but I did. I loved I loved them being able to turn and giving everybody a little bit more of a gimmick by being part of uh, Taker's ministry there. I mean, that was definitely a device back then to get guys like Midian and Mabel and, you know, uh, it, it definitely leveled them up, especially Midian, you know, uh, the former Phineas Godwin, you know, Tex Slazinger. Uh, yeah, that was definitely getting rubbing up against Undertaker and guys like that definitely made him a lot more, made this match itself mean a lot more than it would have, you know, had he been the hog farmer against the big boss man. Right, right. <laughs> I, you know, those guys were still solid workers, uh, both of oh, them. Yeah. Uh, and I made a note because there's a lot of people uh, that started their career, and we're going we're going to the fourth match, which has Jeff Jarrett. But a lot of people uh, could be part of the uh, Memphis alumni here, uh, starting with Jerry Jerry when they was uh, he was doing announcing. Um, 
Midian, what did Midian spend some time in USWA? Yes, he uh, was Tex Lajner in the USWA, most notably pulled Scott uh, <laughs> Scott Bowden's pants down on oh, right, right, right. live yeah, TV yeah. one Saturday morning and other things. Uh, Taker started right here in Memphis. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, everybody knows that. Um, then as you go down the card, you got, uh, well, I don't, you know, Kane. Kane was yes. right here in Memphis. Uh, Christmas creature. Christmas creature. Shane, uh, <laughs> Shane McMahon calls Lawler Kingfish, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, then we had Mankind. We had Rock. We had Stone Cold. All those guys made a trip yeah. through Memphis. And I want you, I want you to know because I'm, I'm going, I'm going to actually quiz Brian Thompson when, when me and you get done. I'm bringing Brian Thompson, up and I'm going to ask him the same question. There was somebody taking pictures ringside that has Memphis wrestling history. Who was taking pictures? Did you notice? Now this did I see Bruno down there taking pictures at some point? No, no, it or was not taking pictures. He, I thought I seen him around the the uh, stretcher when they were taking McMahon out. Yeah, I think it might have been. I, yeah, I missed, yeah. I, I missed the pictures though. Jimmy Suzuki was at ringside, who's famous for the Randy Savage angle where. Uh, Randy jumped a Japanese photographer and beat the fuck out of him on Memphis television. So Jimmy Get was off. taking all the pictures. Uh, never put Jimmy on your Facebook. He's really strange. Um, <laughs> okay, so we had Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown against Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. This I really like this match. Basic tag team psychology. Um, man, Jarrett and Hart. Hart was just so good, man. Just so good. I did I, I know this is, I mean, neither one of our podcast, but like, I can't recommend Jarrett's new podcast enough. Uh, oh, I can't either. No, I, can't. I love it. I'm, I'm in the middle of the Owen Hart episode. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, people should check that out. But yeah, uh, this match in particular, I didn't go into it a lot of high hopes, even though I like both teams, but it just, I didn't remember it from this show. No, no, and no, no. Uh, it, it was, a, it was a good match. And I, I love the team of, uh, Jeff and Owen and D'Lo and Mark Henry, uh, uh, the sexual chocolate theme song to this day pops me every time. And uh, I forgot that Ivory came in as Mark Henry's girlfriend, apparently. I totally forgot that. I didn't remember that at all, man. I was like, I was in total shock when I seen that. I was just like, what? I don't, I don't remember any of this, but I do... <sighs> I'm going to be with you. I, I'm going to tell people, first of all, if you're not a Jeff Jarrett fan... You're still going to enjoy some of the stuff on the podcast. But if you are a Jeff Jarrett fan, <coughs> you will really like it. He has a lot of fun stuff on the podcast, and he's not holding back any. And as usual, Conrad is uh, very good at what he does. He is the godfather of podcasts. We could all be Conrad. We could all just be Conrad. And but and Jeff just has such – like he's excited. And it may change over time, but he just seems excited and enthusiastic about it. We're like – JR and all those guys, I like their podcast, but they come off bitter and just pissy sometimes. But like Jarrett seems really enthused about discussing his career, and that makes it a lot more fun to listen to, in my opinion. I was uh, impressed with what he said about Dave Meltzer. So that, that, uh, yeah. they asked him about Dave, and he says, Look, Dave, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, Yep, yep, that's the way it was. So, all right, going to make take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the, uh, oh, well, we got four more matches to talk about. And uh, answer the question was it really? That good. You know what it takes to become a pro wrestler? Prove it with the best in Memphis wrestling. I'm head coach King Cobra, and I want to see what you've got. Hit me up today at championshipwrestlingmemphis.com. 
This episode is brought to you by Spunk Lube. Spunk Lube is the perfect blend of water and silicone. It is an all-purpose personal lubricant that can be used for any occasion. You will love the natural feeling and look of it. It is safe for sensitive skin. Go to spunklube.com and tell them shooting the shiznit sent you. Music is my life, and I bet it's yours too. After all, we're all very complicated beasts. You're not just into wrestling. You're into other stuff too, and that's where the record store comes in. I've got a thousand CDs or so, and I've been a rock fan for as long as I've been old enough to go to, well, the record store. So every week, I close my eyes, stand in front of my collection, and randomly grab a CD. Whatever I pull out. could be old. could be brand new. It's what I cover in that episode. It could be anything from Asia to Yes, from John Cougar to Elton John, from Rumors to Weird Al's Greatest Hits. You just have no idea. I do a little bit of homework on the artists, talk about what they mean to me, and who knows, maybe I've had a chance encounter with one of them. And finally, I review the album track by track. I might confirm that it's one of the greatest albums of all time, or I might conclude that buying that album calls for me to have my head examined. Who knows? So join me, Lance Levine, twice a month right here at the record store, and let me remind you how much the music means to you as well. Dexter, Missouri, get ready. American Hostile Championship Wrestling is coming to your town May 22nd at the Lair Event Center at 13583 Old Highway 25. Be there to see Big Jack Parker, Trending Trent Daniels, The Crowleys, Young Goats, The Skimmelhorns, Mark Southern, Derek King, and many, many more. Adult tickets are only $15. Kids 6 to 12 get in for $7 and 5 and under are free. American Hostile Championship Wrestling, May 22nd, the Lair Event Center, 13583 Old Highway 25, Dexter, Missouri. Missouri, be there! This episode is also sponsored by Manscaped.com. That's right, get 20% off and free shipping with the code STSPOD. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com with promo code STSPOD. All right, back for commercial. I want to thank the sponsors. So the next match is really weird, and it was horrible, and it was long, and I don't know what the fuck was going on in the finish. Shamrock against Valvine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't remember the next event. Obviously, this was going to lead to some sort of triple threat, I can only assume. Uh, but you had the whole weirdness of shamrock's sister i'm doing finger quotes you can't see that to the people listening right, right. on audio but uh shamrock's sister who was now with val venus and for no real reason that you could tell watching this event maybe leading up to it, billy Gunn's a special referee it didn't really get why or how or any of that and like you said it was just it's kind of a train wreck you know the infamous spot at the end where uh, Shamrock clearly tells his sister, slap me, almost holds up a sign <laughs> telling her to slap him. Uh, and then after, you know, so he ends up, Venus ends up winning the Intercontinental title. Billy Gunn chases down Shamrock, or Shamrock chases down Billy Gunn and attacks him. But then Billy Gunn comes back in and attacks Venus. And, 
yeah, I, I could have did without the whole thing myself, but uh crowd died too for this. It was way yeah. too long. I I'm gonna tell you what, I I loved Shamrock. I did. I think they could have they could have done a lot more with him. And you know, I, as I we talked about seeing people live, Billy Gunn was somebody that was absolutely huge in person. Uh, just a big man. Man. Uh, I, I yes, like I'm sorry. Every time Billy Gunn comes up, I always go back to being at all in and seeing Billy Gunn just tower over Brian Cage, like I, that is the moment that I realized like, Billy Gunn is a big ass dude because Brian Cage looked tiny next to him. But I, I, you know, my story is I walk in the bathroom and see he's at the urinal, and I, I mean, this motherfucker, I come oh, about you were talking about of, something else. No, 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 about the middle <laughs> of his back. I was so scared, I just turned around. There's no way I. <laughs> Uh, he got so big, uh, you know, he's big everywhere. You know how they are. You got big hands, you got big this, you got big that, you know, so fuck that shit. I turn around and left. So. And you knew he's going to only have two words for you. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, why the hell did Kim Shamrock need to be in silly angles with a porn star about his sister? I mean, he should have been program with somebody on top and he would have been a much bigger star for him. I've never heard Stone Cold talk about him. I'd like to hear him talk about Ken and how how they didn't they didn't ever program them two against each other, you know? I'd love to see Shamrock on his interview show, but I don't guess there's any way that would happen. But I mean Jericho was on there, so who knows? Right, right, right. All right. Speaking of we had Triple H coming out with uh it was Triple H and Xbox again X-Pac against China and Kane. Uh, and Triple H had that uh, crowd. He had to pump them back up because he was like, I have to follow this shit. Do I really have to follow this shit? Uh, so I, I enjoyed this. It was entertaining. I, I like all these people. So This is more like, I don't know, a lot of the Attitude Era stuff's a blur to me. And like, I just totally forgot like all the story leading into this match that China had turned on Triple H and joined the corporation or whatever and triple h was dressed like he should have been tagging with kane he had his red and black on which seemed felt weird and i don't know just everything about the match felt odd but like you said it was a good match and it was fun to watch and you god you could tell shane was leading to a, a match with x-pac at wrestlemania on commentary you know he's trying to get that x-punk thing over and all that but um yeah it was a lot better match than it had any right to be considering china was involved and it was all about getting her in and, and getting, you know, they did double heat, uh, heat on Triple H and then double heat. Fell apart at the end a little bit, but it also was all about, uh, here's what we got to do. We got to have her, you know, uh, her touch Triple H in, in the sense that gets the hot tag or whatever. Uh, to me, the, I go back to what I said earlier. It just felt like all four of those people were just such big stars. I mean, that's just the way it yeah. felt. Yeah, they were huge stars. All right, quick PC. PSA coming up. Breaking news, breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully 
created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. That's right, which is now available for purchase in the United States and Canada. This new trimmer was just released a few days ago, and we're one of the first to get our hands on it and share the great news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STSPOD at manscaped.com. I was one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and guys, I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and safe skin or skin safe technology is so good, and it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk engineers to assure your testes are safe as possible. Hey, we've all had those funny stories and those bad grooming stories. So what I want you to do, Lance, I want you to tell me and tell everyone else what makes this trimmer different than other trimmers. And what makes this trimmer different than all the other trimmers? I am glad you asked. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. And who doesn't like to travel? Come on, unless you're in the NBA. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need more precise shaves. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. And for you math challenge people, that is 1, 2, 3, and 4. BT, I'm talking to you. And looks-wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish that even features a hot foil stamped black chrome manscaped logo. Show off that mower loud and proud. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor, with hair at least. Uh, did I mention the wireless charging? The Lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, and that is a whole lot of syllables right there. Electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last even longer for you. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it is time to make some changes. I mean, come on, let's face it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code STSPOD at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Nobody wants to end up with pubes in their mouth, and your balls will indeed thank you. Remember, guys, get 20% off and free shipping with the code STSPOD at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code STSPOD. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Thanks to Manscaped. I do. I can't even talk tonight. Thanks to Manscaped. I appreciate that. Post edit. Post edit. Uh, so the next match was Mankind against The Rock. So what do you think about that? Man, um, Rosie was watching this with me last night. She don't usually watch a lot of the shows that I watch for these reviews, but she was she was here and we were watching it, and uh, she was just shocked i mean she had seen it she had seen it back in the day but she's like man i didn't remember 
just how brutal parts of this match were like, you know, the backdrop off the table and then the stairs into his hip. And I was like, yeah, you watch the I quit match from Royal Rumble in this match. And you would think that the rock hated Mick Foley in real life. Cause he beat the dog shit out of him every time they got in the ring. But, uh, Man, they were both just so freaking over. Like, I hate these finishes, though. I yeah, do. yeah, the the yeah, that finish was awful, and 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 that sucked because like you had two really great matches from them that both you know had the shitty ending, especially this one with no winner. Um, but it's a hell of a match, though, and. I don't know. You know, I think a lot of people maybe who didn't watch wrestling back then, who just kind of have gone back and watched bits and pieces or halfway followed it, remember The Rock as this fun-loving ha-ha guy, and he had all his catchphrases and his eyebrow and all that, but, like, Rock could throw down, and, like, he he had some serious uh, heavy-hitting matches with, you know, Mankind, Triple H, Austin, all these guys, he more than held his own. And this is a fine example of that because there was some rough shit in this match. I really think if you had to, if he had to do his shoot interview, he would go back and, and talk about some of the, especially some of these matches instead of just the comedy hit. Uh, Mankind match, Stone Cold, you know, all of those matches just uh, classic to me with the with the Rock. And you know I'm a huge Rock fan, so so I, I'm going to be excited every time he's on the screen. So speaking of excited, both of these guys are talking about people over Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. Um, oh wow! Little little bit of trivia for you here. And all I, right, I all right. I don't claim to be a great historian of this. All right, but I, I'm quite I'm quite confident in making the statement. The only steel cage match to ever take place in a Bass Pro Shop is this one right here that took place at the Pyramid. That's now a Bass Pro Shop. But before <laughs> it was a match. That's right. Yeah, I'll go with you there. I think I think you're right. I, you're right. I don't know. I kept thinking that the whole time I'm watching this. Like I can't believe this is the Bass Pro Shop now. That's freaking crazy. But man, I mean, to think that Memphis got the steel cage match between McMahon and Austin. Cause really had you built to anything bigger than a one-on-one match between Austin and McMahon? I mean, everything they had done, you know, for the, the past several months or two years was leading up to this moment. So to think that Memphis, you know, got that matchup in particular uh, is, is a big feather in their cap. And it, it's exactly what it needed to be. And I mean, you, you got to, put McMahon over for taking the ass beating that he knew he needed to take, you know, for the, for people to not walk out of there feeling like they got screwed. And, you know, they, the, nobody could have called the, the big show finish coming up to the ring, but Austin still won, but it wasn't, you know, what you expected as you thought, well, he's just going to go in there and bounce McMahon off every side of the cage for a few minutes and then stun him and pin him. McMahon took that bump off the cage through the announce table. I mean, it was, uh, I, I, I think it more than lived up to the hype and was what it needed to be. What was your thoughts on that? I agree 100%. I thought it was a hell of a match. I think I, I, I sat back and said I would like to have been setting when they started going over stuff. We want to do this. Who came up with this? What are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? Uh, you're not expecting, but, you know, and this was one of those matches where it kind of, uh, Vince had done a lot of stuff, but this kind of opened your eyes to say, hey, this motherfucker's going to do anything to get his company over. He doesn't care. He's going to do it. Uh, he's going to do what has to be done. 
And, and you got a guy like Stone Cold who is so fucking over, you know, uh, at this point. And I love the finish because, like you said, we didn't know uh, we didn't know the Big Show was coming through the uh, through there. He did, we didn't even know Big Show had been signed at that point. Uh, maybe, maybe we did, but we didn't know it was going to happen right then. So that was a cool thing about it. Yeah, and dude, when when he cut that promo, when they had McMahon on the on the stretcher and was rolling him out, and he cut that promo, it was like, you know, do you, do you want to see me whip, you know, finish whipping McMahon's ass or however he worded it? That hell yeah, when he started climbing back over the cage, like it gave me goosebumps watching it in my living room. I mean, they, that crowd was so. <laughs> after the beating they had already watched Austin give him for the last eight minutes or whatever it was, uh, they were so hyped to see him climb out of that cage and, and finish the job. It was just, uh, he, I just don't think anybody who wasn't around and was a fan back then really can wrap their head around just how over that guy was. You know, we talk about, we talk about Memphis WrestleMania. You talked about how growing up, we, you know, people don't understand if you were not in the Memphis area, you know, we grew up as a uh, uh, playing Jerry Lawler on a playground. I say that all the time, but that's what we did. But, but there is another that if they, if they're not fans, when Stone Cold was popular, Stone Cold had a very short, short window but the time that he was hot it was one of the hottest runs ever in professional wrestling and it was scary that you could go so often i i'm gonna ask you what you think do you think 316 shirts or nwo well nwo maybe for the longevity but at the time 316 maybe yeah, that's a really tough one to call, but it's hard to say because, man, they sold a shit pile of MWO shirts, but, man, those 316 ones. And then, you know, around that time, that's when they were in mainstream stores. You went to the mall, and they were at Hibbets, and they were all over the place. It wasn't just having to go to WWE.com to get them. Same yeah, you got to go to Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were Walmart everywhere. Walmart. Walmart, the whole nine yards. But, you, you know, you said something about, you know, Austin's you know, longevity. Somebody pointed out to me the other day and it didn't occur to me until they said it. If, if you put the Austin's run and the rocks run together combined, Cena had a longer run than either one. If you put them both together, cause they were arguing over who, who drew the most money or at least who made the most money uh, personally. And they were like, Cena had to, cause like his run lasted twice as long. Like if you put Austin and, and rock together, he lasted longer than both. Right, I still right. don't know that he made more money than either one, especially not The Rock, if you figure now. But um, but that still is pretty amazing to think about how quickly, you know, those guys got over and then got out for, you know, various reasons. Um, you know, if you look at Austin's run, it was not long and neither was The Rock. So it's kind of kind of crazy. And then you, you wonder how long would they have stayed over if they had just stayed consistently stayed in WWE that whole time and had been able to wrestle, you know, would they have had the longevity that Cena was able to have, or would they have burned out or, you know, I think the rocks personally, I think his goal was to do what he's doing now. So it wasn't going to be something that was going to be something that he would be, uh, that, that he was using as a step of stone. I think stone cold because he got hurt. And the more you, the more you, find out about stone cold and his run uh he was hard to deal with 
with Vince. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, if you were Vince, and you know, he 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 packed his shit and went home, you know, and you just you don't do that kind of stuff, especially uh, top stars. So he was a little bit more difficult, I think, to to work with than say The Rock. But I think The Rock, in my opinion, The Rock, uh, you know, I call him Dewey. But Dewey, uh, yeah, hey, that's what his plans were. I think was just the movie career. Yeah, it was, right, a mean, it was a means to an end. Not yeah, a- yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what he was doing. So let me uh, let me ask you: Was it really that good? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think it's any question this week. I agree one hundred percent. Had a month real good or time. whatever. And like we said, I keep saying this, stars, stars, stars. All right, guys, we've had some technical difficulties. And so I've got to bring Gene. i got to let Gene go. And I'm going to bring my old buddy, Brian Thompson, who was live at this event. We're going to bring him in and finish the show. All right. As I promised, as we were talking, me and Gene, before we finish the episode, I want to bring my old buddy. That's right, my old buddy. Rhino BT. I mean, Brian Thompson. What's going on, Brian? Rhino BT apparently is my new gimmick. So we just I'm, did that as a yeah, we did that as a rib, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're gonna just come into every stream you are now. If, if, you're watching, if you're watching the stream, you will know what the hell we're talking about. If you're not, yeah. then I'm uh, sorry about that. You was we'll there start, live. Yeah, I trademarked it now, it's mine. So that's I'll right, be Rhino BT. Be suing you guys soon. <laughs> So you was there live, right, Brian? I was. St. Valentine's Day Massacre in February 14th, 1999. Uh, hence the the uh, the the name, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. What about that building? Tell me about this. Because uh, the first thing I thought of was we're live for the pyramid. Mm-hmm. What was I seen Guns N' Roses there, and, <laughs> and I was in uh, Nosebleed, actually second from top. Uh, so, you know, they were small. Yeah. Uh, but it, how was the build? Was the building as hot as it seemed like it was on television? That they were just yeah, they yeah, popping for almost everything. They were, and that's an interesting building when it comes to acoustics. I actually had seen it. I've seen a George Strait concert there a couple of years after that. But uh, yeah, the acoustics were kind of interesting in that building, and you always had kind of an awkward. I don't know if it's awkward or different or however you want to describe it. Feel to it. I, I mean, it's kind of cool, but it was different or awkward depending on how you how you viewed it. But yeah, that I just remember. It seemed like uh, there was a that was a time in life where you, you couldn't get enough of wrestling. It was just so hot. I don't think they could do anything wrong. Like you know, it didn't matter, man. Everybody was over. It felt like you know. I can remember that much. It was just we were all excited. Uh, that was a time I was at the time I was eighteen, uh, just you know, a year and a half or so away from getting involved in the wrestling business myself. So I just couldn't get enough of it and. You know, if it was anywhere in the St. Louis to Memphis corridor, I was going, or even Nashville for that matter. At that time, I had my driver's license. I was a little older, <laughs> uh, and I was ready to hit the road, man. Uh, you know, I I was used to seeing shows in Cape Girardeau at the Show Me Center, WWF events, and so this was uh, taking it to a, the next level. Uh, you know, as I was 17, 18, I started getting to go to St. Louis, Memphis, and beyond. So even even saw some. Um, Independence in Big Malden, Missouri. There's a shout there out. There we go, Malden, Missouri. I actually talked <laughs> about that uh, with Alan Steele. Was talking about booking yeah, there. No one Big really knows uh, what the hell psychology was. I, uh, the weird you know, thing. Go ahead. Some, let me add to that. So you know, kind of piggybacking off my comment about everything was over. You know, there was a time when you know, uh, as a diehard smart fan at the time, or whatever you want to refer to it as, uh, you know, there was. Um, 
Mike Cook's Lee Kovacs, their promotion, AWF, I think is what they called it or whatever. But they were running Malden in a lot of small towns in the Boot Hill of Missouri. They ran uh, Bell City, Missouri and had three or 400 people. And personally, I thought the show was just horrible. Like as far as entering work rate, all the above. But those people ate it up. And I just felt like wrestling at that time was on such a hot streak. You know, you and I could work a match and people would love it. As terrible no, as that I'm match sorry. would be. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I apologize to everybody if we ever do that. That's now, if the wrestling business needs to really go out, of, you know, go out and be buried, that's when you know it's happening when these two mugs are getting in there in the actual ring to compete. But against I each think other. what you're saying is true in the sense that I, yeah. and there was a lot more people watching television. We understand that all the above, but all, yeah. all the all the stuff was just like. Here's what I want to say about everybody that was on this show. And I may have said this with Gene too, but is that everybody on the show seemed like a star? Do you, yes. do you see what I'm saying? Everybody, right. you uh, knew. Him. Yeah, yeah. Bob, no question. Yeah, uh, Bob Holly, uh, Al, Al, uh, Al Snow fighting mm-hmm. in the Mississippi River. You yeah. had uh, yeah. the only real bad match I thought was Midian and Big Boss Man, but they also, uh, they also. You know, they seem like big stars. You know, Midia was doing that thing right. with Taker at the time. Uh, you had uh, Billy Gunn doing, you know, Shamrock. Yeah. And, and uh, man, it was good to see Shamrock again. He, I, I really would have liked to have seen him push a lot more. Sure. Uh, China, Kane, you know, Triple H, X Pac, uh, all oh, of those guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jerry, Hall, of Famer, got- Hall of Famers right there. That's, you know, they're in their, in their Hall of Famers in their prime. Right. Oh, yeah. It rock mankind. All those guys, Stone Cold, McMahon, everything there. Here is what uh, I thought was interesting. Well, first you got the crowd, and I mentioned this with Gene chanting Jerry, Jerry. Uh, Then you had all these lists of people that you know Jeff Jarrett. uh, who else? We have Mankind Rock, both work Memphis. uh, Stone Cold work Memphis. Do you know? I don't know if you noticed this. But do you know who was ringside taking photographs during this pay-per-view? A famous angle with Randy Savage was done with Jimmy Suzuki, and he was actually taking pictures. I marked out for it. I said, oh, there's old Jimmy. Uh, don't ever follow him on Facebook. He's That's depressing. funny. Uh, but, no. uh, yeah, just anything else that really so, – that, that Well, you- a couple of memories. So, you know, you mentioned the, the probably the things that stand out were the, you know, the electricity. I think that was my first time in the pyramid, pretty sure. That that may be the only wrestling show I've seen. No, excuse me, that's not. Let me let me. I was about to tell you a story, and then I kind of backtracked there. But um, that was the first show I believe I, I've seen in the pyramid. Then this is how hot wrestling was. So that night they had a Monday Night Raw scheduled for I believe June of that same year. Tickets went on sale as the main event started. So I left. I missed the the cage the end of the cage match where the big show debuted and all that stuff because I was standing in line to get tickets to Monday Night Raw and, and get as close as I could. I had okay seats oh to my pay-per-view, God. Yeah, yeah. but I ended up with third row. And we were um, – so fast forward into June of 99, so a couple of us went down and we had tickets, and we were like in the third row, and there's a – they shoot to Cortez Kennedy was in the crowd, a football player, and uh, you can see us in the background, <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyway, to me, that, that says it all. That's how hot it was you would be willing to have spent – X amount of dollars on a ticket and you leave the main event to go get a ticket to the next show because that's the, that's when they go on sale right away. So you want to be in that line 
to get that front row seat if all possible. So obviously crazy. today, That's obviously crazy. Crazy. <clears throat> today we, you know, we just go online or whatever and we have that access, but even then it wasn't quite as prevalent. So you would have to, you know, the on sale would be in person. Now, I don't know of any on sales anymore that are, well, obviously these days, but even before the pandemic, the last decade, how many on sales were in person only? It's usually you get a lot of pre-sales online. So that's just the one thing how the world has changed. But again, kind of plays into how hot that crowd was and and how hot the wrestling business in general was. You know, WCW was starting to starting to uh, taper off and ECW was having financial problems. We, we probably didn't necessarily know that or we might hear things, but it still seemed visually and mainstream. It still seemed like a super hot time in wrestling, even though WWF was starting to run away with everything. And we all know where that led to a couple of years later down the road. But yeah, it was, it was fun. Those are good memories. I mean, I probably the thing I do remember the, the fight into the Mississippi river that stands out. And of course the Austin thing, I'm obviously, I was recording, so I bought a ticket, stood out in the line to get tickets to the Raw in a few months, and then, but still had it on video to when I came home to still see what paid I for it for the yes. for the pay per view. Still paid yeah, the right pay per view. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Look uh, how much different now. So look how much even today you can, you know, that same pay per view was probably thirty five, forty bucks at that point, and now you know ten bucks a month or five bucks a month actually on Peacock you get all, everything, and it's just like amazing how. How much well, I, we talked. To, I, I'm sure me and you talked about this either on the podcast or me and you. I know we talked about it uh, off the podcast, and the technology changed professional wrestling like it did everything else, and it starts all the way back to when it would you know got on television the first time, uh, and before we were alive and and kicking, and it started it started then, and then you know me having to wait. Uh, I love it when you talk about recording it uh, or buying a pay per view. Me having to wait, you know, a month and. And, and our five weeks to get new Japanese wrestling. And, right. and I can watch it live from, I stay up late. I can watch it live from Japan. It's All nice. right, man. Thanks for uh, coming in and, and talking to us. All right. uh, I appreciate it, man. Same bad time, same bad channel on the best little wrestling podcast in the business. Be there. Yeah. And as everyone knows, Rhino BT knows too. I know. I love, you love my you mama. He loves his mama. Woo! That's right. Free delivery for selected local businesses on Uber Eats. If you use the code EATS-BRIANT24790UE, that's EATS-BRIANT24790UE, you share that code. I'm sharing it with you. You get $20 off a $25 order and $10 kickback comes to us here at Shooting the Shiznit. Use Uber Eats now! Music is my life, and I bet it's yours too. After all, we're all very complicated beasts. You're not just into wrestling, you're into other stuff too. And that's where the record store comes in. I've got a thousand CDs or so, and I've been a rock fan for as long as I've been old enough to go to, well, the record store. So every week I close my eyes, stand in front of my collection, and randomly grab a CD. Whatever I pull out. Could be old, could be brand new. It's what I cover in that episode. It could be anything from Asia to Yes, from John Cougar to Elton John, from Rumors to Weird Al's Greatest Hits. You just have no idea. I do a little bit of homework on the artists, talk about what they mean to me, and who knows, maybe I've had a chance encounter with one of them. 
And finally, I review the album track by track. I might confirm that it's one of the greatest albums of all time, or I might conclude that buying that album calls for me to have my head examined. Who knows? So join me, Lance Levine, twice a month right here at the record store, and let me remind you how much the music means to you as well. Did you enjoy that episode? Cash App us. That's right. Dollar sign B-T-S-T-S. Cash App us. One dollar, two dollars. If you Cash App us over twelve dollars, I'll give you one year of Patreon for free. Graphic design is very important. Your logo is the first image potential customers see. What kind of impression would you want to make today? Need a podcast logo or a t-shirt design? KT does art. Her name has become synonymous with quality and professionalism in the graphic design community. She specializes in graphic design, painting, and more. She provides affordable commissions and professional quality with a timely delivery. Contact KT via email at KT underscore does art at yahoo.com. Take out her Instagram at instagram.com slash KT underscore does art. Hey, that was another great episode of Shooting the Shiznit. We're currently looking for contestants for who wants to be the best Shiznitter ever championship 2021. A shout out to our sponsors this month. And also, we have Patreon or at www.patreon.com slash Shooting the Shiznit without a G. A big thank you and a shout out to Bob McGee at Pro Wrestling, Between the Sheets, and Gene Jackson at LocalsToLegends.com. You can reach us on Twitter at ComicBookMarkBT, Instagram BT Shooting the Shiznit without a G, Facebook Shooting the Shiznit with a G, and we're also at Cool Kids Wrestling and MMA Talk. You gotta ask to get in. If we don't like you, we'll kick you out. That's right. And you can get all the archives to all the episodes at www.stspod.club. All right, let's do a roll call of my favorite podcast. So, my favorite non wrestling podcast would be Who's Right Podcast, Poor Boys Podcast, The Official Podcast, Man Brain Podcast. I'm Fat Podcast, and my buddies over there, Richard and Josh at P3 Radio. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today, and remember, keep your feet on the ground, and keep reaching for the stars.